Uh, Ryan, why should we take our kids to church? Why does it matter? I mean, does stuff really stick in their I brains? Mean, why should a why should a arm be attached to a torso? <laughs> because it belongs on the body. There you go. Children belong in the body of Christ. Body of Christ is the church. Now, before you, some people I can hear you saying, "Well, the church is not a building." No one's saying the church is a building. Physically, no, the, the church is not the building itself. However, the building is the place where the body of Christ tends to gather. And so a lot of people will say, oh, it's not a building. And then they'll continue with the, the mountains are my church or this forest is my church. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, God is with you. I'm not, not going to debate that. But and the body of the- Christ is a group of believers that are mutually submitted unto the word of God as preached by a shepherd who is accountable for the souls of those people. That's a church, and we have organizations that tend to be structured around that and in, in groups of people. Yes. So, a little bit of a tirade there. Anyway, it's important we get our kids into the body of Christ. Now, why is the question you're asking, which is what we will discover on the other side. I'm sorry, Selena, did I run with that a little too far? I don't know what you had uh, anticipated. I mean, you know, intro. people, if they weren't thinking that, now they're thinking it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know yeah, I, I think it's worth saying, you know, we, we creation is not our church. Like we don't, we can, you know, worship out in creation, but we don't worship creation. It's not the place. I mean, we can see God's fingerprints, you know, in the mountains, in the streams, which is wonderful and beautiful. But there's something about gathering with the saints that is a biblical imperative. Mm-hmm. So we'll get more into that in a moment. If you don't know us. We're the Fredericks and we like to shoot you straight. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> anyway, my name is Ryan. It's my lovely wife, Selena. Uh, we do fierce parenting podcasts on Thursdays, which is what you're tuning into right now. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out the fierce marriage podcast. Those go mm-hmm. out every Tuesday. So with that said, uh, I think most of our listeners would agree that going to church as a family is better than not going to church as a family. That's not really the issue here. <laughs> Depends on who you the talk thing, to, I would say. True. But what's what's the role? I think the question here is what is the role in uh, of a church in a child's life? And you asked a question back to me when we, we, t- we were discussing this. You said, well, what's the role of church in any believer's life, right? Yeah. Well, assuming your child is a believer, right? And if not, what we mm-hmm. still take them to church, Right. Why? What are these reasons? What, Mr. Seminary, sir? Yeah, put me on the spot. Talk to me. Talk to me about why it's important and how important is it? Because I mean, let's start with our experiences for like one minute each. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in a church. I was single. I was in a single parent home. So church and the Christian school were uh, were my life. Basically, they were how I learned about Christ. What I how I learned what it meant to be a believer and a Christian and what that looked like. Uh, so I was very involved in my church from a very young age. And that church just happened to be one of the founding churches of this Christian school that I went to mm-hmm. as well. And so I was very involved there. Um, it was very, it, it grew into a very, it's a, it was a non-denominational, large, busy church, lots of ministries, lots of things happening. Yeah. Uh, and so you felt like you were always there. And if you weren't, you know, there was a little like, felt like either eyebrows went up and chins went down or, you know, kind of <laughs> questioning of why are you not at every single of the thousand events during the week? Uh, so all that to say the church, <laughs> the church served me well, but when we got married, it became a bit of a point of contention because the demands were on our hearts 
uh, and our souls that we were feeling very heavily, but our theology was not very deeply rooted and we were really running on fumes at every end. And so to add more of like Mm. events to a church, uh, even for young people, um, how productive is that? I guess that's one of the questions that I have. So what was your experience? Yeah. Um, yeah, growing up, uh, so my dad actually was a, a Baptist minister for the first, I don't know, three to five years of my life. I have very few memories of that period mm-hmm. of our lives. And then, um, tragically he, it, this, you know, if you've ever been in a church, then you've probably been hurt by people in a church. Well, That's if just, you am in church hurt, just wait, it's coming. I, well, cause <laughs> hello, it's people yeah, and people are still sinners. sinners. Yes. And, you know, you get enough people around uh, and spend enough time with them. It's just a matter of time until somebody gets hurt, especially if you're the pastor. Now, my dad, um, I don't know the exact, I I don't know the exact circumstances, but he was very burnt, burnt and and, uh, hurt by uh, his church planting experience. And uh, he kind of, uh, we, we ended up leaving that church. And I remember my whole childhood growing up was we were church hoppers. Now, I don't know if my parents would agree with that or not. I, I would gladly speak, talk to them about it. We haven't talked about it in these terms, but I don't remember going to one church and be like, this is my church. Now we had some that we went to more than others. Uh, I remember being in many a youth group or mm-hmm. like Sunday school class where I was just complete wallflower. Like I was very shy as a child. Yeah, same. The only thing I took away from my time in Sunday school is the the the, the books of the Bible song, Genesis, yes. Exodus, Leviticus. We have, we have different I don't ones even for remember our, that and I'm learning it now, but I don't, yeah. But I still to this day, I'm like, yeah, I know the order of the books of the Bible yeah. because of this song. That's it. Yeah. So my takeaway as a kid um, was very little, I will say. And and so yeah. I'm not saying that that should be normative. I think the normative should be like, there's all these practical reasons why we go to church. And we think as parents, we think in our, in our cognizant minds, we think, all right, when take our kids to the church to learn about the stories of God and to learn about the redemptive story of Christ, the gospel. And so they might believe and be saved. They might repent and believe and be mm-hmm. saved. Well, Paul's picture of raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord is that. And then so much more. Mm-hmm. And so the term that came up in our pre pre game talk was really, it's not about it. So church is very important, but it's not about that. It's about raising your kids in the paideia of the Lord, which the paideia of, of the Lord is an all encompassing life culture. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hoping our kids get from it, cause I didn't get this. This came from our time mm-hmm. in being involved in churches and always kind of just being oriented toward the church as mm-hmm. a couple. But I'm hoping what they glean from it is that this is just what we do. And not in like a dry, you know, unengaged sort of way, right. but like we are Christians. This is what Christians do. This is what it should look like for Christians to do this in a healthy Christian way. Right. So it's about being set apart, I think, in yeah. some ways. And so anyway, I went kind of on to the next thing, but that's but what was my experience growing up. And I didn't really know the value of Christian community until I started going to youth group because I was chasing you. <laughs> you invited me to, what was it? It was... Uh, it was a Friday night. It was thing. the what was the thing with Royal Rumble or something like that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, something like that. It was some yeah. sort of main it, event. That's what it was. It was the main Fridays. event. So we played basketball and just played games and did everything for like three hours. It was awesome. And, and I, was, I was like, if she's going to be there, I want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went, made friends, became a leader. God got a hold of my heart. Um, all I have to say is, 
you know, that was my experience. Well, and I think too, just to kind of add some texture to the conversation, because we, you know, our church life looks different than it ever has more different than it ever has. And with our children, they, you know, there is Sunday school an hour before service uh, where kids go to their classroom. Adults, they have two options there. And then we come in and we do, we have church together. We worship together. So all of children are all in there. Mm. Now, if you have a little one who can't sit for an hour and 20 minutes, we have a worship training room, which is our little library, right? And it's not moms in there chatting away. They literally are training their children how to sit. Let's sit quietly in here. It's just without being disruptive to other people around them, right? Right, because as so, soon as possible, you want to get that kid back into right. And the moms main. can, yes, they nurse or yeah. you know they're back there kind of quietly. And I've you know I'm not. It's not like you can't ever have a conversation with another person in there, but it's the the it has a purpose, right? And then they have a nursery from zero to three that people volunteer in. So. That is the basic Sunday of our church. As far as things like we have a kids choir. When do they meet? 30 minutes after service. They go up and they sing while all the parents are talking, you know, like it's a wonderful thing. So things are kind of tagged on. Do we have a youth group? Basically, we have things called Ben, which is Bible education night for whole families. Everybody eats at church. We do a study. And then they have Ben Yo that they started. So Bible education night for youth. Uh, which is only, use yeah. only. So I was, I thought it was the while anyways. <laughs> so <And you. laughs> again, all of these things are things that are supplemental to what is actually ideally affirming what's happening on a Sunday morning and what's happening in the home as well. And so the thing here I think is that it's not, well, how do we do church right? Or how do we make it so our kids will love it or enjoy it or want to be? It's mm. like, well, no, this is what Christians do. This is how we worship. This is how the Bible taught us to worship. Here's how we pray. Here's what it means to go to church. And when our kids go to church, they, yeah, they may not get a lot out of the pastor's message, but they are going to go to Sunday school and they're going to learn the books of the Bible and they're going to hang out with their friends. They're going to encounter some things and they're going to pray together and they're going to sing together. And then afterwards they play with their friends again. But these are all friends that we know their parents are just as involved at home as they are on a Sunday morning. And so again, what is, what should be church was my whole life as a kid. Like that was my life. And it wasn't bad because I didn't have much of a, a home you life. Oh, okay. Like I'm saying, taking away, it didn't take away from anything. It really was literally, mm-hmm. I was there like all the time. Kind of feels like us now. <laughs> like, we're there a couple of days a week now, just because of, you know, we do our, our homeschool co-op, meets, co-op and yeah. yeah, we're on boards and things like that. But it yeah. doesn't feel like a drudgery. It feels like a joy where in the past it's felt like a duty and I'm running on fumes and I don't know how this is all going to work and out. Honestly, we're a bit off topic, but I'm honestly wondering well, at what point did that change? And so we did a home church for a yeah, year and a half COVID. during COVID. Yeah. We had around 60 people uh, on, a, on a busy yeah. Sunday yeah. in our house or, you know, basically. And that, um, that was filled with joy. But I remember thinking, because it's at our place, I always had to be up really early, like making sure everything was ready. Mm-hmm. Um we had to, we met in our garage basically and had to move everything out. And it was quite an ordeal. And I, at times I'd be like, man, I just, I kind of am starting to not like this because no, it's I taking think, so much I time to that work. already. Cause I already have like, but that changed about for some this. reason. Yes, and I've now it's like, this. doesn't feel that way. So yeah. Because we were the, well, at some level, we were the ones that we, we had to draw from ourselves, the energy, the resources that God has given us. When we mm-hmm. went to our church now, it is a deep well and there's a lot of rich water. Like there is. So much there that you can just ask to be a part of something and they'll have you. You don't, you aren't dependent on unless you want to step out and you want to take that on. Like it is not. Which this is a, 
this is a can of worms that needs to be dealt with sure. you, a fierce listener, and your spouse in terms of your your convictions around the church. But you had said this, and it's a loaded statement. You said, this is what Christians do. Christians do church. Well, how many different expressions of church are there? <laughs> yes. And we're talking about not all of them are, are just okay. Right. Some are, are more scriptural than others. Some are, I would say, objectively better than others. And there are ways to say, like, this is what Christians do. And it can be completely rooted in legalism. Right. Completely rooted in just whatever that you've grown up being used to right. doing. Right. We are in a church tradition we neither of us spent any time in up mm-hmm. until a year ago. Um, and, and it's like a, it's like someone is removing the veil from in front of our eyes and we're saying, oh my goodness, the, the richness and the depth of just the. the, And as, as parents, it took us a little bit of a transition, at least me, he was already like, we're going, this is what we're doing. And I was like, okay, but what about the kids? Like they don't necessarily get much. And he's like, what do you mean? They don't get much. Like they, they, there was, there was a transition time of where I was trying to learn and understand. And you were like, we are here. This is what they're getting. And it was good. It was a good resolve that I was needing to fall in line with, but I needed questions answered. And that was okay to explore that and have questions like, well, how are kids going to sit through a, through a uh, sermon 40 minutes? How are they going to do these things? They can't have food in the, in the, in the worship room because of ants. Like there's just, they can't, there's certain things. And I was like, oh, I'm so accustomed (laughs) to these silly things, but it came back to the question, what is church and why are we supposed to be a part of it as a family Mm. and as parents bringing their children? So back to the topic at hand, which is uh, what this sounds like a bit of a silly question to ask, but why should our kids be in church? Why no, should it was, we make what sure was that, the role? What's the role of the church yeah, in, um, in a child's life? And as parents, how can we ensure that that role is being fulfilled? Faithfully. Right? Yeah. Faithfully. So we mentioned earlier, well, what, why should an arm be attached to a torso, right? Why should <laughs> yes. a finger be attached to a hand? Well, if you're part of the body of Christ, you need to be connected to that body. Yes. An arm or a finger or an eye can't survive on their own. Yeah. We must be plugged in, right? Secondly, it's the bride of Christ. You cannot proclaim love for Christ if you disdain his bride or you or you dismiss his bride. Mm-hmm. How many believers do we know? How many believers do you know, listener, who would say, yeah, I love Jesus. I just, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't do church. Yeah. Okay, well, if someone came and hung out and they're like, hey, let's go hang out with the Fredericks. Yeah, I can totally dig Ryan, but Selena, uh, I'm like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, bro. Like we're, a, we're a joint deal. You're not getting any of me without any of her. Like that's in, in terms of a friendship. So here's that analogy for what it is. But the point I'm trying to make is you cannot just dis- disregard the yeah. bride of Christ mm-hmm. while proclaiming a love for Christ himself. When, right. when he has said unequivocally that she is his plan A. Mm-hmm. She is the one with whom he will be reconciled. She is the one that Amen. will be jointed covenantally. Finally, perfectly in the last day. So yeah. uh, body of Christ, the bride of Christ. These mm-hmm. are the roles that the church plays in the life of a child as with any other believer. Right. I was thinking, could we read, let's read first Corinthians 12, uh, 12 through 27 brief, quickly. Um, because Just 15 verses. It's fine. <laughs> They're not that long. Come on now. Read it. Uh, because it outlines, yeah, the body of Christ is what the, what it's titled. First Corinthians 12, uh, 12 through 27, one body with many members for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body. So it is with, with Christ for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves are free and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. 
If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that... The members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So if you haven't yet, parent, read this to your child and say, listen, child, you are a member of this body of Christ. Yeah. Now I use the analogy, well, a, a finger cannot be without a hand. Right. Well, that analogy is really focused on the, the part. Right. Well, think about if you're an eye, well, an eye needs to be in a, a face. <laughs> it needs to be in a head. Okay? Ideally. Yes. <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> but now not only will that eye perish without being in its proper place, right. but also the body can no longer see. Mm-hmm. So it's not just what you get from the body, but it's what you bring to the body right. and see the orientation there is how can you serve the body? Right. And so what role does the body of Christ play in the life of a young person mm. is showing them like you are not just, you're not just a footnote yeah. In this community. Right. You are a vital part of this body. Right. You're learning and being trained in what it means to be a teacher, to be a, a believer of Christ, to be a follower of Christ and what that looks like. If you're a, a, a girl, you know, growing up in the church, these are your yeah. roles and responsibilities that you will be stepping into. And here are women that have walked through it. Like, let's do this together. You know, you know, it's interesting because, uh, it, well, here's a, a cautionary yeah. Tale or, or maybe just a warning. If you're at a church that is very consumer driven, meaning that your kids are going to youth group and they're purely consuming, mm. they're being entertained. It's good. They're being told, you know, things that are meant to keep their attention and then nothing is being required of them. And what I mean by that is they're not be called, they're not being called up to the standard yeah. of, of being an actual functioning part of this body of Christ. Right. This is why multi-generational ministry can go so awry if you have that sort of culture. Yeah. Whereas it can be so beautiful if you have the 12 year olds mm-hmm. dis- discipling and caring for the nine year olds mm-hmm. who are discipling and caring for the seven year olds who are looking out for the four year olds, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have the 18 year olds who are looking out for, you know, we everyone see this below. every Sunday, we every do. Sunday. And it's such a beauty. And I've come to see it only. I, I haven't, I never would have envisioned it until I saw it. Yes. Yeah. You know, I could have probably thought of it and, and conjured something in my mind, but what a beautiful picture. Now take that same mentality and it, it's very clear and explicit in Titus that this is what we're called to do mm-hmm. is that the older women disciple the youngers. You said right. this, the older men disciple the youngers. The younger men are, are warned and cautioned to be, yeah. to be careful with their youth in a sense and not to squander it. Well, that comes from the word. It comes from older men. It comes from being around people right. and having a context that's greater than just you. Right. So we talked about the church being the body of Christ. It's yes. the bride of Christ. Now, what's the role of the church, tactically speaking? Well, to administer the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on where your tradition lies, we're Protestant. Now, sacraments don't mean the same thing to us that they mean to people in the Catholic church. So I'm going to use it in the Protestant sense of the term. What are the sacraments? Just simply this, the Lord's Supper and baptism. Mm-hmm. So, uh, communion, communion, yeah. Communion and baptism. So if you, you know, when your kid comes to the table, Lord willing, they're there, 
you know, they are being taught what that means. Mm-hmm. And, and all that, that scripturally speaking is administered by the church. We don't just flippantly say, let's do communion at home. Right. You know, that's not something that we do. Um, that happens in the church and the, and the church's role is explicitly to administer those things. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, this one's huge. Um, moving down the list, what's the role of the church to teach the word? Mm-hmm. Uh, we might have another episode on this and I, I don't think I'll be able to find it, but it's, um, we talk about letting our children sit under the full counsel of God. Mm-hmm. The full weight of scripture. Let the, the full weight of scripture bear, bear itself on them. Yeah. And let the Holy Spirit sort it out. Mm-hmm. And we sort it out at home and we talk through them. But like, right. we're not skipping chapters of the Bible. Most often we are reading around in our family worship well, time. Well, we've had conversations about kids' Bibles and children's Bibles, mm-hmm. which I don't think there's, you know, anything wrong with getting kids familiar with the stories. Mm-hmm. Of, of the Bible. Um, you know, that's a, it's a hard thing to do, uh, faithfully. So there's few resources that we use, um, that have been tried and true, but which are, I'm just going to say the sure. one that comes the, to mind. It's yeah. the children's storybook Bible by Catherine Voss. Yeah. If you Probably the only one copy, that we, yeah. It's unbelievable. Just the skill with, with which it was written um, and how long it took and the translation, but like, how faithful it is yes. because you get some, so this is probably opening a can of worms and we're, <laughs> we're at the end of the episode. But um, years ago we were into, uh, we read our daughters, the Jesus, Jesus storybook Bible. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't read it to our daughters today for a number of reasons. The primary reason, now, this is not a, uh, um, this is not my full orbed rebuke of that, that work, but here's why I don't recommend it. It puts the child at the center of revelation. What what I mean is that that child, as whoever's reading that, is at the center of every narrative in Scripture. Is that they are at the center. They are the the object of the rescue. Now we are rescued by Christ, but is that is that how we're, we're to read Scripture? But where's the emphasis? Yeah, the are emphasis we to emphasize is ourselves in Scripture, or are we to emphasize God? Right, and then see ourselves soberly in light of that, right. and then worship as a result of the of the grace that we've received. Right. So, That's response. It, do we do we orient the world around the child, or do we orient the child to Scripture? Right. And to me, the Catherine Voss um, uh, Children's Storybook Bible is is the best one that we found. Yes. Okay. Hopping off that soapbox. Um, <laughs> so the 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 role of the church is to teach the word. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our pastor is to shepherd us and teach us the word. That not only to us but also to our children. Right. So that's why we like the integrated services. They're sitting there. They may not be getting everything. Yeah. But they're getting something, yeah. and um, we can talk about it as we do yeah. uh, afterward. What's the next one? Uh, gather with the saints, Hebrews 13. So uh, we're continuing to gather, not letting, you know, breaking bread. Uh, that's not in Hebrews. That one is uh, the one that I mentioned. Uh, breaking of bread is in I'll look it up, Romans. We'll just say Romans. <laughs> it's in the New Testament. <laughs> uh, I was looking at a few different verses, so I can't remember which which one it's, it is. I'm sorry. Um, discipleship, edification, admonishment. Um, and of course, like the church should be a tool of evangelism, right? I think yeah. it already, it, it is by itself, but there are evangelistic ministries, yeah, evangelism ministries. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's good to always be talking about God, but we should be salt and light wherever we go. Well, right? we, need, and, we need the gospel on Sundays Yes, as be- believers. We yeah. need to be reminded of this, the beauty and magnitude of this gospel that we've been given. Right. And part of that is teaching our children how to share that with the others yeah. around them that are not believers, maybe that don't go to church. Right. That's the end of our list, but there's two more I want to include. Sure. Um, one is repentance. 
Yes. Facilitating that. Now, do you have to go to church to repent? Absolutely not. But I believe a church should teach children how to go about that process. Yes. Meaning that we, we are always like our life is one of continual repentance. Yeah. And so a church should communicate and facilitate that. Also church discipline. Okay. What does it mean to come under church discipline? Right. You as the parents, because if you never, we were talking about this, I'm just hijacking. Go ahead. No, you, you, you know, take it, go for it. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that what we, you and I talked about that if, if church is not a place where you as parents are coming under the authority of your shepherd, which is your pastor, uh, under scripture, it's just a place that you show up every Sunday because that's kind of just what you do when you feel like it or when there's not a game on or something like that. That's going to speak more to your child than I think what is actually happening at church. They no. will see church the way you see church. They will never love church more than you love church. No, there it is. Save the grace of God and they grow into it and, and the Lord draws them closer right. He's than, sovereign and, than yes. you were drawn. But the point being, yeah, we need to model this more than we need to just tell it. Right. Right, And we model it even, yes, it can be dutiful and hard and not fun. Right. We may not always look forward to, you know, going to church or being a part of it because right now I have a squirrely little, almost 11 month old who doesn't want to sit in church and she wants to walk around and she may not always want to go in the nursery. And, you know, I'm just basically sweating through services. And so it's like, well, yeah, and it's our, hard, and our right? Church is gracious. It's but not like you're being gracious. scolded no, for that. No, 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 no. But we're you, in the kids section. So you, it's pretty, pretty rowdy. <laughs> the un, like assigned unspoken kids it's area. It's all the bigger families, yes. all the young kids are sitting. And we not, aren't even like a big family compared to but some we're of among them. them. <laughs> we're among them, which is great. We just kind of blend in. But anyways, if we are not under, if we are not living under that authority, if we are not, you know, um, coming to the table with a heart that is sometimes dutiful, that is just devoted to, to being obedient to God's word of meeting and gathering with the saints and breaking bread, then our kids will never do something that's uncomfortable for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so again, we model what we want to be in their own lives. That's what Paideia is. It's yes. like, this is what we do as Christian citizens. This right. is what we do because we belong to the kingdom of Christ. Right. Um, does, does, yeah. does your church attendance, you know, your involvement in church, does it bear weight in terms of authority and does it bear fruit in your life? I think those are big questions for yeah. you to look at your child yeah. and see, do they come under the authority of scripture, yeah. of church? Am I seeing the fruit of the spirit in their life. Yeah. I think if I could say one big theme out of all this conversation is that we, if we're not careful, we can buy into the cultural lie that church is just a, it's a lifestyle choice. It's something it's we an tack entertainment, on like, to yeah. the greater goal of our lives. It's another form of entertainment. Whereas yeah. I think we need, we are better off seeing church as the hub yeah. and everything is a spoke that's that, that yeah. orbits around it. Yes. Now we are saved by grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone. You're not saved by church attendance alone. You're not saved by you know, whatever you are checking those boxes yeah. might look like for you. That doesn't save you, but being those who are saved, we should want to, we should gravitate toward. Yeah. There should be a gravitational pull toward the body of Christ mm -hmm. because these are our brothers and sisters who are there. The, the, the blood tie that is in Christ is far stronger than a blood tie you would have through a familial blood tie. Yeah. And so there should be a gravitational pull into that. Um, and so if you're not part of that family, um, if you don't know what it's like to, to share communion with people like mm -hmm. that, we want you to do that because I can tell you Christian fellowship friends, there is nothing like it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like it. I met a man, he's come, we sold our couch and I met a man and he, he was a Christian 
And because people inevitably ask us, you know, what do you do? Because we see pallets of books in our, in our garage. And, and I say, oh, we, and I'd stop, I don't like cloak it at all. I'm like, yeah, we write Christian marriage books. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and we publish Christian books. And he says, oh yeah, I'm a Christian too. And so immediately yeah. we're, we're uh, 20 fathoms deep. I know that we call the same thing, the same thing. And so th- that is a beautiful thing. So if you don't know who Jesus is, I can tell you it's wonderful. We want you to find a friend who does talk to them, say, show me Jesus. Find a church that preaches out of the Bible, not out of the brain of the pastor, but out of the text itself. Find that if you can't, or if you just want a step to take right now, go to this website, thenewsisgood.com. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your guidance and the provision that you've given us. uh, That is your body. Mm. You've called us members of one body. And it's a beautiful body because we have the ultimate head who is Christ. So we love you, Father. We ask that you give us wisdom as parents in leading our children in valuing, appreciating, participating in the body of Christ. It is by your grace we proceed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you'd like to partner with us, we'd be honored. That's how, it's one of the main reasons, other than selling these books that I'm telling you about. Uh, it's <laughs> one of the main reasons that we are provided yeah. for by the grace of God. We go to, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. If you want to learn more about that. Otherwise, come back in about seven days. So this episode of the Fierce Parenting Podcast is... In the can. See you again in seven days. Till next time. Stay fierce.